I remember my first day at that school at lunch. I went to the cafeteria. I got my food. I remember turning around and looking at the cafeteria and realizing I had nobody to sit with. And this wave of panic just overtook me. On this episode, we talk to Jeremy Toby, the man who brought the monthly breakfast lecture series, Creative Mornings, to Cincinnati. We also figure out that our adult fears of meeting new people all goes back to junior high. So put away your trapper keepers. Here we go. You are listening to the Rebel Storytellers Podcast. Rebel Storytellers. Candid conversations with dreamers, doers, and creative problem solvers. Hosted by Brad Wise and Steve Fuller. A wee podcast made in Cincinnati, Ohio. So we're talking about um, meeting people, trying Mm -hmm. to introduce yourself into new groups, trying to push down some walls and commune. Are you good at meeting new people? So I live in a neighborhood, and we they have a block party every single year. And actually, when we when we moved in, we thought, oh, how cute, how romantic, like how fun would that be? But then when it came down to it, it sounded terrible. <laughs> and so we, I made us avoid it for years, six years probably. And wow. Leah, every year, would be like, we should go, we should go. And so finally I went, and we went up to it, and it's like in a little one of the streets is like a, a dead-end street. And... Everybody's kind of out and about, and we walk up, and nobody talks to us. <laughs> Everyone, <laughs> everyone's talking to each other, right? And there's like the clicks, and we just stood there. Oh gosh! And it was horrible. Yeah, like throw up. Horrible. I felt I. It's been a long time since I felt that stupid. <laughs> really? I mean, in that in that way, that mean, brand okay. of stupidity. Like, just I felt so. Ugh, like, what do you do? Like, do you go up and just start talking to people? Like, I kept waiting for that person who was kind of in charge to be like, oh, hi, what's your name? You should meet so-and-so. And it didn't happen. No one talked to us. So that was horrible. What did you do? We just left. <laughs> and I said to Leah, I was like, see, I told you. Like, this is the worst thing ever. I tried to warn you. She's like, you're right. We never have to go back to it. And I was wow. like, thank you. That's traumatic. It was bad. I'm traumatized listening to that story. But to your point, like, can I do well in those situations? I can, but I, I go. I have to put on a, a persona. Right. I can talk. I can talk with anybody, but it's not who I actually am. When I go to a party, I'm gonna like be. If I'm just myself, I'll be in the corner, and then the people who are like me will drift over, and we'll just hang out. And I'll hang out with like one or two people for the whole night. Yeah. My only hope in those situations is just what you said. I heard Martin Short say this recently. Uh, Back when Three Amigos was a movie. Do you remember that movie? I do. And uh, revisionist history changes things because we all sort of see like Chevy Chase, Steve Martin, and Martin Short as like these three comedy gods who were all of equal standing. But back then, Martin Short was a nobody. Chevy Chase and Steve Martin were huge. And so Martin Short talks about being on the set of that movie and just being overwhelmed and feeling out of place. And he said the way that he got through it was he just pretended like he was a character that belonged in that situation. So that he just acted like that guy uh-huh. instead of being the nobody who was super intimidated. And I heard him say that. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that's how I manage like 90 percent of my social situations. <laughs> like naturally, I'm an introvert and a nobody <laughs> who hates situations like that. And the only reason I function and can do well, usually 
is that I pretend like I'm an extrovert. I pretend like I'm the guy who can walk into a room and just schmooze with everybody, but that's not me at all. I'd rather just stay at home and watch TV. Yeah. Uh, and I think it all goes back to when I was in junior high. Uh, everything goes back to junior high. Yeah. I, sw- th- I mean, this is, everyone has an awful junior high, but uh, halfway through my sixth grade year, we moved to Louisiana and so I had to start a new school in a new part of the country, completely different culture, uh, halfway through my sixth grade year, and super awkward and intimidating either way. And I remember my first day at that school at lunch. I went to the cafeteria. I got my food. I remember turning around and looking at the cafeteria and realizing I had nobody to sit with. And this wave of panic just overtook me. Yeah. And so I remember like just sitting at an empty table, wolfing down my food, and then going into the, the bathroom and just like sitting in a bathroom stall no. for like 40 minutes. Are you serious? Yeah. Is this really creating some empathy for me? Yeah. From you? And from that day forward, there's something about, like if you take me and put me in a room of 100 people and none of us know one another, I'm great because we're all equal standing. If you put me in front of a room where everyone has to pay attention to me, there could be 30,000 people watching and I'd be perfectly fine. But if I have to go into a situation where other people know one another and I don't know anyone, I'm a 12-year-old scared <laughs> kid. I hate busting into other people's cliques. So that story of your block party, I'm just like, I just want to puke yeah. because it's it's like you're trying to bust into these other little communities and no one will let you and you just stand there like an idiot like an idiot i can relate to your story in sixth grade maybe we were having like bad times around the same same era my best friend who was like the leader of all of the kids i hung out with uh one day decided i i wasn't cool anymore and i wasn't his friend and i would go out at recess and like no one would hang out with me (laughs) oh my god and it was terrible. Same situation as you. Like the kids who were out like playing weird games and the I couldn't go play football with the group anymore. I couldn't just go hang out and talk to the girls anymore that I always did because that one dude decided that was it. I was out of their group. And my friends who were in my class, because we had three different sixth grade classes, they would talk to me during class when that like leader wasn't around. But then when we got out onto the uh, playground, they didn't know me. And they didn't talk to me at all. And it was horrible, like scarring. Like I can remember going home and like crying. I was so sad about it. Like how'd that guy have so much power? (sighs) I think he was just really good looking. Was he like a Bush? A Bush? The the other Bush brother that we've never heard about? (laughs) George, Jeb, and Jerry? Every playground has its leaders, right? Like he was just the man. Right. He he seems scary to me. And I was like, I was I was the co-man, and I, he just pushed me out. <laughs> He's like, You're no longer the man. You should have pushed him out first. I should have. I should have stabbed him in his back. That's a, a lesson learned right there. Ugh, so man. now, as an adult, are you in constant fear that your friends are gonna abandon you and turn on you and make you uncool? Because um, I'm in constant fear of social situations like that. You you know what? Maybe what it's uh, – I wonder if any of that is why I try to, like, connect everybody I'm with. So you're the kind of person who doesn't want their cliques interacting with each other. You just want them right. separated. Like you have your 
your high school buddies and they're your one click, you keep them separated. I just want everybody to hang out together. Right. And I wonder if it's because of something from that. I don't know. Yeah. I, I wonder if there's a doctor we could call that way. <laughs> ring, ring, ring. <laughs> Hello? <laughs> Is Dr. Bill? Yeah. Did you switch your specialty from food to friend stuff? I specialize in everything. Okay, well, tell, could you talk to us about this this situation we're talking about? Well, it uh, goes way back. Everyone uh, needs a tribe in order to hunt. Quick question. How do you know what we're talking about? Were you listening in to our podcast? Uh, it's live. It's on the radio. <laughs> and uh, I was listening in. All right, thanks, Dr. Bill. That was, uh, why do we keep calling him? I don't know. He must be the, the only line connection we have. He has nothing to offer ever. <laughs> uh, yeah, that whole community thing is such a big deal. It's like we all just want a big group of friends that hang out with us and love us and we have fun with. And I think we're all so scared to death of rejection or not having that. That we all just kind of settle for lonely, sad. <laughs> Jeez, things got dark fast there. I was like, yeah, yeah, whoa. Uh, existences <laughs> with uh, no hope. <laughs> no. Would you agree? No, I was with you, but. I feel like we need something to pick us up. Yeah, let's talk to a guy maybe who's uh, pushing down some walls a yeah, little bit. Yeah, doing community. Trying to figure out this community and using creativity to make it happen. Awesome. So we're sitting here with Jeremy, who has started a fraternal order of Creative Mornings. Is that a description? Sure, that sounds accurate enough. Why don't you describe what Creative Mornings National is and then how it came to be that you started it here in Cincinnati? Okay, yeah, absolutely. Um, so Creative Morning at its core is a breakfast lecture series for the creative community, for local creative communities all around the world, um, that is free and completely open to anyone who wants to be a part of or observe the creative community that's around them. The founder of Creative Mornings, Tina Roth Eisenberg, so she's a Swiss designer out of New York, and um, she started this really just to be able to share information with her studio mates, so she has a co-working space. So it became just a, really a community gathering place, and one of her kind of mantras is, if you have a problem with something and you find yourself complaining about it, you either stop complaining or you do something to fix it. Pretty simple. And, and we're seeing this come up through these videos that we're sharing, and eventually we're like, you know, it's probably not productive for us to sit down here and complain that, oh, I wish we had this, I wish we had this. Let's see what it takes to start one. You know, for us, none of us have, our team is now 12-ish wide. None of us have a background in any of this, but it really just came to the point where we wanted that. We wanted that interaction with other designers and artists and musicians, and we wanted to be able to have that platform, and we got tired of waiting for it. You know, so we just dove in. Like, what, what's the worst that's going to happen? If they don't like us, they'll say, no, you don't get a chapter. <laughs> and we wait for someone else to start it. But, you know, it's kind of like what we were talking about with you guys starting the podcast is you just try it. You see what happens. Now, what I found is it's a lot of fun to sit around and complain and do nothing. <laughs> so <laughs> how do you balance that with doing stuff? It's, it's, really, it's really tricky. You know, <laughs> it, I, I think a lot of people know – know the part of the Midwest that's kind of cynical and doesn't really like <laughs> doesn't want to start something but wants it to be started for them right um, and I think the more you're around and you're kind of trying to be self-aware about that the more you catch yourself and you realize that's that's not productive like and and it's so beneficial like most of the things that I've tackled that have been new to me I've been thrown in head first and after you do that five six times you're like you know what this isn't as bad as it seems when you start 
Um, so, and, and I knew some of the people who had started, like I knew of the people who had started Crave Mornings. I knew their, just their super genuine personality. I thought, you know, they're not going to be judgmental. I'm going in this not knowing that I'm not going to be personally offended if they say, you know what, you're not the right person to start this. So we just we just tried, you know, we just really forced ourselves to try. Is probably the best way to say it. How are you personally with with failure? Because I think one of the reasons why a lot of people don't do stuff is because they have that intense fear of if I do something that doesn't work out, I'm going to fail and then I'm going to be embarrassed. Personally, is that something that you uh, are maybe just a little better at than other people dealing with that sort of thing? Or no? oh, not in the slightest. <laughs> it terrifies me to no end. Um, I'm I'm grown up in the Midwest. So I am immersed in that. <laughs> it needs to look like it's flawless. You don't showcase your failures. You don't. You just don't talk about it. You pretend, that, pretend they didn't happen. Um, it's. I constantly remind myself that it's okay. To be com- completely honest, it, it terrifies me to no end if, you know, I'll, I'll lose sleep if something looks like it's not going to come out right. And <laughs> But I think that I think that being able to tap into the right balance of that, to be able to utilize that terrified nature to be productive is like the sweet spot, and I'm trying to get that sweet spot and be able to actually use that, but it's not easy. It's not easy at all. So Jeremy and his team put together their pitch, and they presented it to Creative Mornings HQ in New York. And to their surprise, they got accepted. And for two years, all on a volunteer basis, they've been putting on the Breakfast Lecture Series for the creative community of Cincinnati. So here's why I like you already, Jeremy. <laughs> uh, so you just kind of seem like uh, like a, a normal guy. And I think of myself as being a normal guy. And sometimes we interview people who just, you know, you've probably been around these people. That it just seems like they, like they know everything. They've got everything together. The smartest person in the world. Me. They don't know. Not <laughs> me again. The opposite of Brad. Uh <laughs> Like they have no fear. They don't care if they fail. They're just going to go out and change the world. And and I, I think that intimidates a lot of people because I think a lot of people don't see themselves in these super high achievers that are out in the world. It just feels like there's a very select group of people that can do all these amazing things. And the rest of us can just hang out. But you were just like, I just want to do something cool. And you just did it. And it and it was successful. Uh, like, was there, like, what ultimately for you do you think was the motivator to get you to try this thing that other people, they don't have or they never get to that place? I, I think a big key is just is trying to be very self-aware of, of your behaviors, your limitations, and I know the things that scare me. I... I see people presenting things that I, I, I aspire to be able to do and knowing where I need to challenge myself. I think it was a right place, right time for Creative Mornings. It was the ability for me to do something that I wanted to do that was a huge challenge, but at the same time, the core of Creative Mornings is turning the spotlight on someone else. So I got to do that, but at the same time, not have everything directed at me. So I still got to, to really play on that introverted part that's within me. I really enjoy hearing these speakers because I don't have the ability to go talk to some industrial designers down the hall anymore. Um, this is my way of, of reaching out and, and learning something from, you know, uh, poets, from musicians, uh, anything we can come, writers, storytellers. I mean, that's, 
important to me. I, I've always been the type that always wants to learn more. So this is a perfect opportunity for me to have a reason to talk to someone that I wouldn't know how to approach otherwise and learn from them. I hear a lot of feedback from the people who come to the events, people that, that I know that you know, say, you know, thanks for having these events. We're really glad that Cincinnati has Creative Mornings and everyone is welcome. We have you know, local like municipal employees. We have IT professionals that come in and want to, you know, I, I spoke with a gentleman who does server work all day at Joe's event. And he comes in, he just, he wants to be a part of what's going on. And it's our duty to make sure that there are no roadblocks. Like anybody who wants to come down, provided you can, you can get into the space because you got, you know, you registered, you're, you're welcome. This isn't, this isn't a click, a club, you know, it's exciting to meet everyone who shows up for me. Uh, I get, get a real kick out of that. You almost sound like a church planner right now. <laughs> I can see that. You know, we've had a couple uh, pastors present. I know Joshua got from Epiphio. He presented a while ago, and he, his background is in, uh, I think, youth pastoring or whatever. But that I, I get that. I got that vibe and that passion from him, like just picking up on that. So I can see where you say that. It, <laughs> it's, it's. I guess it's kind of similar. I mean, in in some ways. For for me, it's the ability to find all these like-minded people that are normally hard to find, and you hope you get them in the same room. You hope you make connections. You hope you know you can spark some collaborations. Um, we do these. We started. We stole this idea from some other chapters. But we started to do thirty-second pitches at the beginning of our event. The whole premise is: if anybody needs anything, you know, you wrote a book, you need a publisher, you lost your job, but you're just a captivating person and you, you need something, or you know, AIJ presented. It's, we give you 30 seconds in one slide to make connections, like to, to find the person in the audience that can help you do what you need to do. Um, and and we, try, we try to make those connections. It's hard to do here. It's very hard to do. I think we all have this universal need and want for community that I think is probably, I would argue, is a spiritual thing. Um, but for whatever reason, we're all scared to death to make it happen or we mm-hmm. don't know how. And it kind of feels like you're this... Uh, Pied Piper almost who's just pushing down who's pushing down walls and trying to like make it happen here in the city and just as you talk I'm just like I want to link arms with this dude and like I want the same things he wants like I want I want people to experience community I want us to stop living in silos and I wonder if you just have any advice to how do you start how do you start this thing particularly particularly Brad cannot say that word. This I is the can. seventh I know. episode where Brad's tried to say that word. I should and stop he hasn't just trying to, to say that word. Yeah. Uniquely. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Do you have any advice for for uh, uh, rebel storytellers as we and this podcast of like how do you how do you reach the creative class or just the people who I feel like there's this whole world of folks who we could become a part of, mm-hmm. but I don't really have any idea of how to actually do that. It's hard. It's it's very hard here. I, part of, you know, and it came from the meeting before this, part of what our conversation was was just the, the people who are the most inspiring, the most genuine, the people that you are going to learn a lot from, they don't stick their head up very often for you to find them. <laughs> and a lot of times the people you, that are the most obvious, you're not going to get the same value out of it. And it's very hard to find the really, the really honest, inspiring people. Um, but I I do believe that you know, Cincinnati and the, the humble Midwest nature, there's a ton of people who are just really just spectacular at what they do. And it's all hustle and legwork to figure out who they are. 
and it's all constantly being on the lookout and constantly asking everyone that you've ever met, <laughs> hey, who inspires you? Is there somebody around here that you'd like to hear from? I submit that same question to you, podcast listeners. Who do you know that Steve and I should be talking to? Go to rebelstorytellers.com and tell us in the comments section of this episode, episode 19. We are constantly on the lookout for new interviews, and we need your help, so tell us who should we be talking to. And in that same link, we'll put uh, the link to Creative Morning so you can see when the next event is. You'll also be able to see Joe Boyd's talk on failure. Pretty cool stuff. That's it for this episode. Thanks for listening. My name is Brad Wise, and my co-host is Steve Fuller. Thanks to Jim Zartman of Talkie Records for our music, and thanks to Jeremy Toby for hanging out. Go to rebelstorytellers.com to subscribe to our newsletter, this podcast, and check out the daily blogs from our awesome group of rebel storytellers who Monday through Friday are sparking hope, action, and understanding in this world. So until next time, keep creating.